Welcome to Board Game Top Tens, episode 690, for Wednesday, June 2nd, 2021. This is the BGG Page Views edition, but it is a special edition as we look at the 50 games that have reached number one on the chart and then missed the chart, the top 10 altogether, the following week. Uh, You always hear me refer to this whenever it happens. There have been times when it has been very rare. There have been times when it has been quite common. But we hit number 50 a couple of weeks ago, and so I thought it might be a good time to just kind of take a walk down memory lane and take a look at those 50 games and uh, how they performed after that one time hitting number one, or rather the hitting number one and then falling off. So we'll go all the way back to November 27th of 2013. Bear in mind that I started the podcast in October of 2012, and then Android Netrunner was number one for about a year. So the first time this happened was November 27th, 2013. The game Shadows of Brimstone, City of the Ancients by Jason C. Hill, published by Flying Frog Productions, which was number one on that date in November 2013, and the following week dropped down to number 22. It did, however, eventually spend 35 weeks in the top 10, rebounding substantially. The second time this happened was on July 23rd of 2014, about uh, eight months later, and that game was Imperial Settlers by Ignacy Trevacek, published by Portal Games. It fell from number 1 to number 11, but eventually tallied 9 weeks in the top 10. The third time it happened was only a little over 3 months later. I'm sorry, 2 months later, on October 1st of 2014, when Space Hulk 4th Edition by Games Workshop hit number 1. The following week, it was number 12. And that was the only time it has been in the top 10. A month later, on November 5th of 2014, Small World, the designer edition by Philippe Kiarts, published by Days of Wonder, hit number one. And then the following week was, well, I knew for sure that it wasn't in the top 70. So somewhere outside the top 70. And it only ever hit the top top 10 one other time. So in the first two years of the list, this happened only four times. In 2015, though, it happened eight more times. First in February, when Ghostbusters, the board game, by Matt Hyra, Adam Splendorio, and Matteo Wilson, published by Cryptozoic Entertainment, hit number one and then subsequently fell to number 12, although it did manage a total of three weeks in the top 10 in the long term. And then we had a run of, well, it wasn't five weeks in a row, but it was five weeks out of seven that, uh, no, five weeks out of six that the, that this happened with the number one and then missing. And in each case, the time it was number one, it debuted at number one and never returned to the top 10. First was Xeno Shift Onslaught by Karen Philosophiles and Michael Chenal, published by Cool Mini or Not from April 22nd of 2015. The following week, Awesome Kingdom, The Tower of Hate Skull by Kevin Wilson, published by IDW Games and Pandasaurus Games, 
when after it hit number one, it fell out of the top 100, something that's only happened twice, if you don't count Small World, which it could have happened to that one. But otherwise, it's only happened twice for sure of all of these 50 games. Then two weeks later, and on May 13th of 2015, we had Dragonwood by Darren Kisgen, published by GameRight. The week after that, Skull Tales by David Ieskas, published by Four Moon Studio. And then on May 27th of 2015, Broom Service by Andreas Pelican and Alexander Feaster, published by Alia and Ravensburger, with the lowest total ever for a number one game, with 13,413 page views. It was a different time. There have been times that hasn't been good enough for even the top 20 in more recent times. Then a gap of about six weeks, when a two-time number one, Arena of the Planeswalkers, by Craig Van Ness and published by Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro Gaming, spent two weeks at the top before falling out to number 13 and never returning. The Undercity, by David Carl and Will Schoonover, published by Privateer Press, hit number one on July 29th of 2015, the 12th game, it became the 12th game to miss the top 10 the following week when it fell to number 43. Then we had a nice run with games sticking around because we have a gap of six months, six and a half months, before this particularly noteworthy achievement happened again. But then it happened a lot, five times in a row, starting with Pandemic, Reign of Cthulhu by Matt Leacock and Chuck D. Yeager, published by Z-Man Games on February 10th of 2016. It did eventually spend a total of three weeks in the top 10. The same could not be said of Master of Orion, the board game, published by Hobby World, which hit number one the following week, fell out the week after that, and never returned. Interestingly, on February 24th of 2016, Terraforming Mars by Jacob Frixelius, published by Stronghold Games, was number one. It then fell to number 49 the following week, although it did subsequently chart a total of 210 times, and counting, because we may very well see it again. The week after that, it was Too Many Bones by Adam and Josh Carlson, published by Chip Theory Games, which hit number one and then fell to number 15, although it has charted 10 times. But that is the last game that we will hear that has managed double-digit weeks of chart performance. Uh, we're going all again all the way back to March of 2016, and it's only the third game for which that's been true anyway. And then finally, our five weeks in a row with games hitting number one and then falling off the next week was Blacksmith Brothers by Nicholas Pascalis, published by Ludify Creative. And this one, the following week, missed the top 100, uh, the only other game in addition to Awesome Kingdom for which that was true. Then we had some consistency with, I think that's when Star Wars Rebellion was released. Scythe showed up, I guess, maybe a little later in the summer because it was June 29th of 2016 that Yokohama by Hisashi Hayashi, published by Tasty Minstrel Games, hit number one and then fell off to number 22 the following week, 
That was its only charting performance. And then we're getting into the region with uh, games that were really consistent. Now, we're not quite up to Gloomhaven yet, but Scythe spent a long time at number one in the latter part of 2016. Uh, I think Arkham Horror, the card game, did it. Terraforming Mars was up there again. So it wasn't until middle of January, almost a little over six months later, when Kama Sutra by Bruno Feduti and now published by Vice Games hit number one twice in January uh, 18th and 25th of 2017, then fell to number 17 and has never returned. Another gap of almost six months into mid-June for Betrayal at Baldur's Gate by Chris Dupuis and Mike Merles, published by Avalon Hill. It fell to number 14 the following week, but has charted a total of three times. And then, between June of 2017 and October, which was, that was, by the way, the 20th time that the game missed the following week, June 2017 all the way until October of 2018, a gap of 16 months, we didn't have this happen at all. And, of course, there was a reason for that. And that reason was called Gloomhaven, because that was when it went on a couple of very long stretches at number one. But when it finally peeled away, it, we had a game on October 13th of 2018 called Blackout Hong Kong by Alexander Feaster, published by Eggert Spiele, which did tar- chart a total of three times, but went from one to the 17 the following week. A couple weeks later, it happened again. The game at number one on October 27th of 2018 was Cloud Spire by Adam and Josh Carlson, published by Chip Theory Games, although it did again also have three total weeks on the chart. The same was true two months later in December of 2018 for Paladins of the West Kingdom by Shem Phillips and S.J. McDonald, published by Garpill Games and Renegade Game Studios, three total weeks, and likewise true for The Castles of Burgundy, the second edition, by Stefan Felt, published by Alia and Ravensburger, had a total of three weeks in the top ten, but was number one on February 16th of 2019, then fell to 11 the following week. That following week, the number one game was Tiny Epic Tactics by Scott Alms, published by Gameland Games, and that was the only time it was ever number one, the following week number 11, also the only time it was ever in the top 10. A month later, the number one game was Tsukuyumi by Felix Mertekat, published by King Raccoon Games, but it fell to number 30 the following week and never charted again. We then have a gap of four months into August of 2019 when Blood on the Clock Tower by Stephen Medway, published by the Pandemonium Institute, was number one. The following week, it was Horrified, by Prospero Hall, and published at the time by Robinsberger Spieler Verlag. I'm sure there's a domestic publisher at this point. Uh, Both of those games fell to number 11 on their subsequent week, although Horrified has charted a total of three times. Two months later, October 19th of 2019, we had Oathsworn by Jamie Jolly, published by Shadowborn Games, which has totaled three weeks in the top ten, 
but fell out right after the number one. And the week after that, the number one was Sanctum by Philip Nadek, published by Czech Games Edition, which has subsequently totaled two weeks in the top ten. Sanctum is the 30th, or was, the 30th game to have this dubious achievement. Two months later, the number one game was A War of Whispers by Jeremy Stoltzfus, published by Starling Games, its only appearance in the top ten. Two weeks after that, Kanban EV by Vital Lacerda, published by Eagle Griffin Games, which did chart one other time, but it wasn't the subsequent week. And the week after that, the train went by. No, it was The King's Dilemma by Lorenzo Silva and Helmer Hock, published by Horrible Games, which has only charted just the one time in the top ten. Six weeks later, Frosthaven by Isaac Childress, published by Cephalofair Games, hit number one twice in uh, April 4th and April 11th. This is now just last year, 2020. And to this point has spent five weeks in the top ten. I would expect it to probably spend a lot more. Two weeks after Frosthaven fell out of the top ten, after its second week at number one, the number one game was Cloudspire by Adam and Josh Carlson, published by Chip Theory Games. And then it missed the top 10 the following week, following, falling to number 13. So two of the three weeks that Cloudspire has spent in the top 10, it was number one. But they weren't consecutive, and they weren't attached to uh, succeeding weeks in the top 10. On May 2nd, the following week, the week after Cloudspire, the number one game was Canvas by Jeff Chin and Andrew Nerger, published by Road to Infamy Games. But it missed the following week when the number one game was Bargain Basement Bathysphere by Scott Slamayani. Two weeks later, the number one game was Small World of Warcraft by Philippe Keyarts, published by Days of Wonder. It went from number one that week to number 71 the following week. Interestingly, the Small World Designer Edition, six years earlier, had also fallen into the 70 position range. A stretch of two months, yeah, a little over two months, and Cairn by Christian Martinez and published by Matago hit number one, missed the following week. That following week, the number one game, our 40th game to hit number one and missed the following week was Santorini, New York, published by Gord, I'm sorry, designed by Gord, published by Roxley and Spinmaster. Three weeks later, the number one game was Dinosaur World by Brian Lewis, David McGregor, and Marissa Masura, published by Pandasaurus Games. It was number 16 the week after that. About a month later, Hero Quest by Stephen Baker, published by Avalon Hill Games, was number one, but wasn't able to keep the the uh, momentum going as it fell to number 17 the following week. And then two weeks after that, the number one was Frostpunk, the board game, by Adam Kwapinski, published by 11-Bit Studios and Glass Cannon Unplugged. And then the week after that, it was number 14. Now, each of those last eight games that we have heard from Cloudspire through Frostpunk, 
those are the only they, the only times that they've appeared on the list. So they debuted at number one and fell off the following week. Three weeks later, the number one game in November of 2020 was Endless Winter by Stan Kordansky and published by Fantasia Games. The following week, it was number 16. It has spent two weeks in the top 10, though. About five weeks after that, the number one game was Merv by Fabiano, Fabio Lopiano and published by Osprey Games. Five weeks after that, the number one was Darwin's Journey by Simone Luciani and Nestori Mangoni, published by Thundergriff Games. The following week, it was number 12, but the number one game was Terraforming Mars, Ares Expedition, by Jacob Frixelius, Nick Little, and Sidney Engelstein, published by Stronghold Games. And though it has charted twice, the week after being number one, it was number 17. Then a little bit of a gap as we move forward to the 1st of May, just about a month ago, uh, about three months after Ares Expedition, the number one game was Galaxy Trucker, the second edition by Vlada Cavado, published by Czech Games Edition, went from number one that week to number 21 the following week. And that following week, the number one game was My Father's Work by T.C. Petty III and published by Renegade Game Studios. But then it was number 18 the week after that. And the following week was Voidfall by Nigel Buckle and David Turchi, published by Mind Clash Games. This is May 15th now we're up to. And then it missed the week after that. So there you are. 50 games that was hit, hit number one, but then missed altogether the following week. Now you may remember, a little over a year ago, I had a special edition where I counted down the, or at least mentioned, the 100 games at that time that had been number one games. Well, since then, there have been, so of those 100 games, 31 of them missed the top 10 the following week. But since then, there have been an additional 19 games for which that has been true. So it's very clear that this is a much more recent trend. In fact, the first 25 games took us all the way up to February of 2019. So in other words, what's that, six and a half years of this list. Whereas the next 25 games have only taken us a little over two years to see this happen. What's the reason for it? Is it because people are more fickle now and so they show a lot of interest in a game and they move on to something else? The simple answer is no. There, there's actually a very simple answer for why this is much more common now than it has been previously. And it comes down to the consistent games at number one. That is to say, Android Netrunner locked down that spot for over a year in early part of 2014, late 2013 into 2014. Uh, well, I guess it locked it down for like six months during that stretch and then another. In, anyway, and Gloomhaven has spent 70 weeks at number one. So there is two and a half years of the history of the chart where just two games have been in the number one spot. As I said, well, I mean, you'd have to go back pretty far, but I, I'm, I remember saying this about Netrunner, that there have been a lot of games that have debuted at number two when these other games have been number one. 
they've debuted at number two and then fallen off the following week. And then it, it doesn't cause a ripple, right? Because it wasn't the number one game falling out. It was the number two game falling out. Well, here, without a juggernaut locking down the top spot, those games that are, and there always are, like flash-in-the-pan games, games that get everybody's attention for a few days or a week, and then then we move on <laughs> to the next hot thing. And so the hotness is in a state of flux, and it's a state of obvious flux when there's no game, no juggernaut game dominating the top of the list. For Wednesday, June 2nd, 2021.